This episode is brought to you in part by Thomas Nelson, publisher of Now and Not Yet. Pressing in when you're waiting, wanting, and restless for more. Written and narrated by best-selling author Ruth Cho Simons and is available everywhere audiobooks are sold. Welcome to the Grace Enough Podcast. This week, we are wrapping up the four-part series on spiritual practices by discussing fasting. Wendy Speak joins me, and she is the author of the 40-Day Sugar Fast and the 40-Day Social Media Fast. While she primarily speaks to her sugar fast experience, both personally and in community, there are many takeaways that can be applied to a traditional fast. Before we begin, I want to encourage you to listen to the other episodes in this series if you haven't already. First, I spoke with Sharon Garlow-Brown on spiritual practices and formation. Then I spoke with Sarah Geringer about Christian meditation. And then last week, I spoke with Ashley Hales on embracing limits. Okay, let's go ahead and drop in to episode four with Wendy Speak on the spiritual practice of fasting. Good morning, Wendy, and welcome to the Grace Enough podcast. Oh, thank you. Grace is enough. And so let's just sit here and <laughs> enjoy. We could just camp out on the on the name of your podcast. Yes, I'm so looking forward to talking about fasting with you today and some of the work that you have done with that, but even more so just the way that it can impact our lives and draw us in to a closer communion with God. And so before we get into that conversation, will you uh, tell our listeners a little bit about what you do on a day-to-day basis and a little about your family? Okay. Well, I just did the dishes and switched out some loads of wash. Me too. (laughs) What I do on a daily basis is probably what most of you listening today do on a daily basis. And of course we have different, different things. We, we cram into the crevices of all those, um, requirements that we put our hands to each day, but I have three teenage sons and we have been a homeschool or part-time homeschool family for, well, goodness, the whole, the whole run of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and right now they are all three going to public school for the first time. Wow. Big public schools. We just moved from California to Texas. So we are right now on a daily basis in the midst of uh, just a lot transition. of transition. Yeah. Uh, but I also have been for the last maybe oh, eight years or so ministering online to moms is where I really started pouring out my, my online love, you know, mm-hmm. uh, moms struggling with exasperated, angry reactions towards their kids. Um, it was in a group, a, a Facebook group where I started just encouraging moms with a friend named Amber Leah. And in that group, we just asked one day, what are your triggers? And mm. that's kind of where the, the lion's share of my encouragement and life is spent is ministering to moms who struggle with mm-hmm. exasperated, weary, worn out, angry responses when they want to be gentle and Christ-like and calm and consistent. Yes. And so we actually wrote a book called Triggers, Exchanging Parents' Angry Reactions for Gentle Biblical Responses. So you said, where do, what's my day look like? You know, that's a lot of it is myself just taking my own heart before the Lord and saying, God, how can I look more like you and my responses mm-hmm. to those I love today? 
Um, how can I glorify you? How can I spend time with you? And let time with you shape how I spend time with others and who I am as um, your ambassador in my family and out into this world. But it was in that, that, um, that same Facebook group that really the fasting concept was born. So I'll let you keep asking me questions, yeah. but I just kind of monologue it. So I'll, I'll slow my roll and let this be a dialogue. I love that. It probably means that I should read the triggers book, really the very first one, just because I'm in the midst If we do a hybrid model school where my kids are in school two days a week and then homeschooled three days a week. And who talk about transitions when you start school back, it takes some time to get back in the rhythm of, okay, we got to get up and do our things and not lose your patience and all of that. So we could have a whole other conversation about that. A whole other conversation, but you know what? I found that maybe because women are like spaghetti, you know, it's like one conversation goes into the next, goes into the next, goes into the next. And that's what I found that these different themes in my life that I've learned, it's been one theme has, has just dovetailed perfectly Mm. into the next. So it was in that conversation with moms where I said, and this was before I really knew anything about fasting. I said, what would happen if we laid down sugar for 40 days? Now, I, I, I admit, I was thinking physiologically, we see how jacked up our children are yes. when they come home from a birthday party and they've been having, you know, four Capri Suns and a big piece of cake that has all the artificial colors and all the sugar in it. And, and they've got a lollipop stuck in their head and, you know, they, they are just all jacked up, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and they're flying all over the place and then it's bedtime and they're crying, they're melting down, they can't handle their emotions. And so I was just saying, what would happen if we set down sugar for 40 mm. days? Um, how would it calm us down? Could we be more consistent in how we want to respond to our children? There's, there's a quote from Triggers that says, figure out what you mean to say before you say something mean. And so often wow. we're taken off course because we're just not prepared or we prepared and then our physiological bodies, you know, between hormones and sugar and what, you know, what we're eating and what we're doing and not getting enough sleep. We just not, we're not consistent. So figure out what you mean to say before you say something mean, make a plan. That's really what triggers is about. But then is there something else going on in our lives that even if we've made a better plan, we're having a hard time being consistent. So that's kind of where I thought with, you know, let's sit down sugar. But it was within those first days, first weeks where I realized, no, this is not a physical detox. This is a spiritual fast because while we can be calmer and kinder and more consistent, the only thing to make us more Christ-like is time with Christ Mm. and abide in me and I will abide in you and you will bear the fruit of my spirit on display in your home and online and in line at the grocery mm. store. Everywhere you go, you're going to be more like me because you're spending time with me. I'm going to rub off, rub off on you. And um, okay, so if it's not just a physical detox, if this is a fast, then what is a fast? Mm-hmm. And where sugar is concerned, what I learned is we're going to stop running from sugar high to sugar high and we're going to start running to the most high. And when we do that, Mm. that changes everything. Well, and that's the thing I have found personally, and just an experience with conversation with, let's just say moms, because that's the area I'm in right now is that fasting can feel so intimidating right? Like we're just not sure exactly what we need to do. Or nowadays, you know, intermittent fasting is so popular. So people think of that. 
And so when you think about fasting as a spiritual discipline, and I love how you just came into it by asking questions of other people and trying something, um, you know, how, how can you, or how did you start really focusing on the Lord versus yourself when you began to fast? You know, I was already a a Bible believing and a Bible reading and a worship music listening Christian at this season of my life for this one, um, this sugar fast, when this was Mm -hmm. developed about, about eight years ago, that very first time I didn't plan to make it a thing, but the next year people were saying, no, we need to fast again. And then the next year and the next year, and eventually I put out the resource, which is the book, the 40 day sugar fast book and the way that it's broken up. And this is really an answer to your question. It's broken up into daily readings. Mm -hmm. And I say, this is not your feast. We fast in order to feast. And that's really, regardless of what you set down, whether it is food until, you know, if you want to be a a spiritual intermittent faster and you say, I'm not going to eat until 11 o'clock in the morning. I'm going to use my morning hours to worship the Lord and be intentional on trusting him. Or if you say, I'm going to do a a day fast, or I'm going to do a three day fast and just have, you know, just drink. That's a kind of a more traditional approach to fasting is just setting down food for a period of time in order to pray commune is the word that you used. And I really love that word. You really be undistracted so that we might be devoted in feasting on his presence, feasting on his word, feasting uh, on this dialogue through prayer with him. And, um, and that's really what fasting is. Many times in the Bible, oftentimes in the Bible, it is a community event. Mm-hmm. Like the people of Israel fasted because an enemy was advancing against them. And it's in the context of fasting that we get those, those wonderful scriptures about stand back and see the deliverance of the Lord. Uh, this is the Lord's battle. This is not, you, you need to cease from striving and be still and watch him work. Um, so it can be a private thing. We know in Matthew, we're told no fasting is done in private, but in the old Testament, we're shown fasting is done as a corporate opportunity to trust God for deliverance together. Oh, that America would fast and pray right now. I mean, what in the world would happen? I mean, if you want to jot this down, y'all look up the story of Jehoshaphat. And um, how the Lord delivered them as they prayed and fasted and, and the, the worship leaders sang worship songs before the, before the armies were even rerouted. I mean, it's just a great story. Um, So there's a lot of power in fasting, but what exactly is it? Well, it can be many things. And in the 40 day sugar fast book, I do not teach anyone on day one or even in the days leading up to day one what they're to fast and how they're to fast. Mm -hmm. Fasting, even in a corporate setting, is a very private thing because the purpose of laying something down for a season so that you might pick up intimacy with Christ is between you and Christ. Mm -hmm. So I would say, talk to him about it. But a very good question to start with is, what am I turning to in lieu of turning to you? Whether that's my morning Bible reading. Um, I used to pick up my Bible. Now I pick up my phone. Mm-hmm. I, or I used to open up my, my version Bible app on my phone. 
And now I open up Instagram. Okay, mm-hmm. you know what? I used to turn to you, God. So now I'm going to lay down. I'm going to fast what I'm turning to so that I might turn to you again. Running from sugar high to sugar high, or are you running to the most high? Let's set down sugar for a season mm-hmm. so that we might feast on you, God, because you are sweet, you are sustaining, you are what we need. Or I need to set down social media for a season so that I might get social with the Lord again. Mm. And so when you've walked through this with women in your Facebook group, what are some of the temptations that maybe people have shared when you're in the middle of the fast? I mean, the enemy comes after you and your flesh does too, Yeah, to where you're wanting to give in to that. I mean, temptation to just say, oh, it doesn't matter today. Well, just the fact that you said that they're going to come and, and our, and our flesh nature just says, well, it's okay. I mean, and, and we use the graces enough, you know? Mm -hmm. Oh yes. We overuse that. We, we do, we overuse it sometimes. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that I try to do in my home with my family, this might seem that it's different than fasting and it is, but I go back to that verse about doing it as unto the Lord. So if there are things that I do, if I want to be patient with my children, if I want to do the dishes, if I want to do, you know, switch out the load of laundry as unto the Lord, how am I going to do it? And so that's like, that's a whole different conversation. But if I would apply it to that, then why wouldn't I apply it to being in his word, spending time with him in prayer? fasting, being in community, all the spiritual disciplines that we say, well, I'm tempted to not X, Y, and Z that I know the Lord has called me to, but there's grace enough for that. I'll try again tomorrow. What if we were just a little more, oh, I don't know, hungry for righteousness, hungry Mm. for time with him, hungry to do what he's told us to do and Mm. believing that it leads to a blessed, stinking life. It leads to blessing. What if we said, no, God, I don't want to give into temptation because I want the blessing of holding on to you. Mm. And then if you do give into blessing, if you do, then absolutely you wake up, you take hold of those new mercies that are new every morning. And you say, but today with these new mercies, God, I want to do what you've called me to do. Mm. So Holy Spirit, strengthen my innermost person. Would your spirit just be so close and encouraging to my spirit that I would be wooed by your just your goodness and your nearness to develop this, this sweet tooth for you more than, you know, the handful of chocolate chips in the back of my pantry behind my oil and vinegar. You know, I know right where they are. I know right, right. where the temptation lives. Yes. Um, and there will be temptation, but oh, that we would develop um, a desire to fast and pray and be in his word because he is God and he is good. And we want him more than the life that temptation leads to. Mm. Uh, just this morning, I was, I was reading the Bible with my 13 year old and we were in like the boring part. I'm, I'm sorry, Lord, but I'm just calling it for what it is. The boring he knows. Leviticus. Okay. <laughs> He's 13. Why should we be in Leviticus? Because my 13 year old wants to read through the Bible. He's already read through the, I said, well, you've got to start in the new Testament as a 11 year old. So he made it through, you know, the new Testament and he's in the old Testament. He's like, I do not get much of this. I said, we're going to do it together. So we're reading the part about, you know, you shouldn't have sex with animals and, uh, or your, your, your father's wife and, um, 
you know, don't, don't sacrifice your children to the fire and mm -hmm. give them over to Malek. And, and we were talking about these things are obvious to us that we mm -hmm. would not do. There are applications when you're a little bit older that we'll dive into more. Right. But for right now, he's just giving us some really obvious, stay on the straight path, stay on the narrow road. But the rest of the world, they might choose that wide road. And we know that the narrow road leads to life and blessing. We know that the, the wide road can lead to death, destruction, and just sadness. So I said to Asher, stay on the, stay on the narrow road. Some mm -hmm. of the things are obvious, but you're going to be tempted. So that seems like I'm off course here, but it's back to the question, Amber, is when temptation comes, and it will come, and you're going to have a headache the first week of giving up sugar. You just are, even if you don't do a lot of it. If you're, you're just going to. It feels lousy. It's true. But after that, you've got energy. Your body feels better. Your sleep is better. Um, time with your family is better. Your attention, your ability to stay calm and kind is better. It is so much better to obey God than disobey, trusting that there's grace enough for today. Yes, there's grace enough. Yeah. Well, and I think that's the thing of making sure that fasting doesn't become um, legalistic when you do it, but then also, like you said, not uh, avoiding the practice because of fear that you're going to fail or saying oh, yeah. things like grace is enough. Yes. But now let's flip it to the other side of the grace is enough coin and say, if you go seven days or 14 days or 21 days, and then you go to a, a birthday party, your friend, and, and, and not only do you have a sliver of her cake, you go back for three more slivers. And then the next day you're like, well, I already blew it. And blah, 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 blah. Here's my question. You, you know, that wonderful scripture that we've turned into a song better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere mm -hmm. well i want to say better is one day of fasting where you really feasted on his presence and enjoyed his nearness and experienced that communion mm. with him better is one day than no days better is 21 days than having done no days better is falling off the wagon and getting back on it than never have gotten on the wagon in the first place. So I want to say, if you know that you turn to sugar, if you know that you turn to social media, if you know that you turn to anything at all to get you through your weariness and your heavy ladenness and the hardness mm -hmm. of life, I'm making up some words here. When we know that Christ said, come to me when you're weary and heavy laden, I will give you rest. Um, feast on me, come to the table, pull up a chair. And we say, okay, I know that and I believe it. But I also know that I go to the pantry and I know where I hide my bottles of alcohol. And, you know, as soon as it's five o'clock somewhere and nobody's around, it's just time for me to take the edge off. And I know that at night, once the kids are down, I go to the mm. bowl of ice cream. I just need a win. I need a win. I need to feel better. It makes mm. me feel better. If we know that this is true and we know that Jesus said, come to me when you're weary and heavy laden then would you be willing to lay down what you're coming to, what you're turning to, what you're running to, and turn to come to run to him for a day or yeah. two or three or 40? And then how is that going to absolutely reshape our life? We know if we stop eating sugar for 40 days, we're probably going to lose some weight. You will. But you are going to gain so much more. You're going to gain faith. You're going to gain intimacy. You're going to gain the power and the life and the presence of Christ 
at work in your life because those empty calories can't do that. It cannot save you, but Christ can. And so we fast so that we can feast on him. And it doesn't just change our diet. It changes everything. Well, and that's the thing too, as I think about fasting, you know, we're, and we're talking a little bit about that opposition. What are some ways that you encourage people to really push through mm-hmm. that hard, the hard parts? Because hard part. we know, like I know, as I'm listening to you, like all of what you're saying is true. And then I also know when I'm on day three, you are very practical, Amber. Like you're like, I am very practical. I got to think this through. I'm not. So I love the question because I've had to learn the answer over the years. That is, okay, I'm just going to start with practical. Drink a lot of water mm. and sleep as much as you can. Don't transfer one addictive pattern to another and all of a sudden, okay, well, I'm not doing this. So I'm just going to binge watch Netflix. Yeah. Or I'm going to get into, you know, playing Candy Crush or whatever. Take oh, so true. Physical body as you fast. Okay. That's physical, practical. However, do you love that? I started with water and Christ said, you come to me, you're never going to thirst again. So as you're drinking your water and Amber, Amber can see me because we're doing this via zoom and I'm holding up my water bottle here. I got it right here. I know that to be healthy physically, I got to take my weight. I'm going to divide it in half. And that's how many ounces of water I'm going to drink a day. It's just good for me. That's right. Rather than going to those highly sugared, uh, you know, vanilla lattes at Starbucks. Nobody send me hate mail right now because I'm saying that or driving through um, Chick-fil-A for their, their sweet tea. Right. I know you love that, but physically you need water. But Christ said, you know what you need more than water. You need living water. So as you do these practical things, I want you to replace that, that sugar craving, crowd out the sugar basically with more of Christ. So when you go through the 40 day sugar fast, I have a daily devotion, one for each day, but I want you to know that's not the feast. That's just the appetizer. That's to whet your appetite for more of his word. So when we're talking about the word, when we're talking about scriptures, also be in the scriptures. Mm -hmm. Maybe during those 40 days, you want to start at Matthew one and read a verse a day and say, God, I'm here to feast on your word. And then I'm going to spend some time feasting and dialoguing with you, just with your presence. And during the day, instead of listening to the music, I I want to turn on more worship songs. I just want to feast on your presence. And God, I'm going to take a a Bible and I'm going to put it on my cake stand in my kitchen. And it's just right there Mm. to remind me that that thing that I turn to, that grazing I do in the kitchen throughout the day, that's not what I need most of all. So yes, drink water, but also drink the living water. That is Christ, his word, his presence, because it changes everything. So that's one thing. Another thing is, and I am not joking, y'all. I am so serious. If you say to your friends or your, your sister or the, the gals in your, I don't know, your, your Sunday school class, or the ones you went to college with and you're getting together for like, you know, a 20 year reunion or whatever. You just say to your close circle of friends, okay, I'm going to do a 40 day sugar fast. And you just throw it out like that. You don't even throw it out as an invitation. Your friends are going to go, oh, I totally need that. They're going to say this. So why not make it an invitation? Why not say to your friends or even shoot a message on social media? I'm doing this 40 day sugar fast. Who wants to do it with me? And so the question is, how do you guard yourself from the temptation Um, community Mm -hmm. saying, let's do this together. And then 
let's just do a daily check-in via text if we don't want to like have a, a Facebook group or whatever, or let's get together once a week and one another's homes. If you're doing that in this pandemic, right. you right. know, whatever you're comfortable doing um, and say, let's do this together. And then let's be praying for each other because there's mm-hmm. so much power just unleashed during times of fasting, a whole nother conversation where we could go through Bible story after Bible story of the incredible work that God does in people's lives when they fast and they pray. Mm -hmm. So do it together. I love the little practical things like exchanging, you know, one habit for a healthier habit of communing with God, because I think of things like, you know, breath prayers, you take that drink of water and you can inhale in Jesus and then exhale out, you're the living water. Mm -hmm. And so little things like that of practicing throughout the day is so helpful when the temptation comes to have something to replace it with. Well, and you've been on a diet. I'm sure I've been on a diet. Everybody's been on a diet, right? And what do we do when we're taking out sugar? We replace it with more fruits and vegetables and lean proteins And while I want to encourage you to use this time to, you know, make some healthy food choices, this is not the time to replace your cruddy eating habits with the very, you, this is not the time to become the world's best, um, sugar-free cook. It's, it's a time to eat sugar-free. Yes. But it is the time to not look for sugar-free options, but just come to see Christ as the only option. Mm. So having a practical plan in place, yes, I know before day one of the 40-day sugar fast, I am going to, you know, throw away all the leftover sugar from Christmas that I still am snacking on or um, you know, what is it? Halloween. At this point, every single holiday. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Or just, you know, since the beginning of COVID, we've just been, you know, buying more alcohol and buying more desserts because it makes us feel bad. And we all feel lousy. There's just too much stress. And we know when we Mm -hmm. ingest some sugar, we get a dopamine release. We got this quick fix of feeling better, but instead of looking for a, a, a quick fix, we want to turn to the one who can fix things. He can fix the world over. He can fix your heartache. He can fix your marriage. He can fix your depression. He can fix your questions with answers. He can fix your anxiety with his peace. So we don't want to just crowd out the sugar with more sugar-free options. We want to put our eyes and our attention on the Prince of Peace and say, God, flood me with your peace. So I stop looking for that quick dopamine release to bring me just a moment. I want a forever life with you. Yeah. And I want it to start now because you didn't just come to bring me life eternal, but abundant life. And I know that it can't be found in my pantry and it can't be found at Starbucks and it can't be found at Chick-fil-A and it can't be found in my freezer. It's found in you, God. So help me to put some practical boundaries around how I'm going to eat and how I'm not going to eat. But this is not the time to become a sugar-free cook where I'm posting everything online. And that's becoming my attention because I can go from sugar addiction to sugar-free addiction. And God, I want to binge on you. I want to be a Jesus addict. I want more of you and less of this stuff that doesn't satisfy Wow. And we're so tempted, right? To do that, to uh, make it all about us. Like 
I'll make it all about, well, uh, now I'm just going to turn this, you know, I'm fasting. I'm trying to spend more time with Jesus and a weekend. We're like, oh, but really I'm just thinking of other ways to where I can eat better. Or now I am losing weight or my clothes and my face look better. And so I love that you say that because it really is what we're talking about is fasting for a reason to draw near to the Lord. Yes. Um, for spiritual transformation, those other things happen, but that really needs to not be the focus. Right. Right. And it, I'm reminded of, oh, this wonderful verse that says, seek first the kingdom of God mm-hmm. and his righteousness and all oh, these things, things will be added unto you. If you're listening to this and you know, you're, you're 20, 40, 60 plus pounds overweight, that's not good for you. And it, it hurts and it's getting in the way of your sleeping and your joints hurt and you don't have the energy to make love at night. And I mean, there are so many things yeah. that aren't good for you and I want better for you. But if you seek first the kingdom of God and you get healthy there first, then all these other things start falling into their rightful place. And sugar is in a wrong place on, in many of our lives. I, I like to call it in the most. throne of our lives, right? Like we, we got it on the throne of our lives. Yeah. Um, and I know that we're going to transition here in a moment to talking about our phones. I just like the, the ring of it. I like, and I don't mean a pun there. <laughs> Unintended. I, no. <laughs> I, I, but I'm, I like the sound of that. Our phone is on his throne. There are so many things that can be on the throne of our lives that mm-hmm. don't belong there. And so when we say Christ, you belong on the throne of my life, I'm going to crowd out sugar. I'm going to push sugar off the throne. I'm going to push the phone off the throne by inviting you back to sit on the throne of my life. I'm going to spend time with you Mm. in your word. I'm going to spend time with you in prayer. I'm going to spend time with you in fellowship with other believers as we, as we fast and pray for one another. Um, I'm going to crowd that stuff off the throne of my life. Well, and that brings us to the book that you've recently released the 40 day social media fast. And it's interesting. I had a friend who had posted about it originally, and, you know, she was talking about some of the benefits she experienced. And, um, so it's great to have this conversation with you because I, I kind of just want to know what led to that. I mean, I think we all probably know, we see it like just taking over our lives in ways that are far more than we can probably share in this episode. But, um, Talk to us a little bit about the writing of that and just what you've seen come out of that. Maybe some of the testimonies of it. First, you you first asked a question at the beginning there that said, you know, how did it come to be? Mm -hmm. And it was in the 40 day sugar fast where we learned early on in that first year that Christ never called us to a sugar fast. I mean, come on. He never called us actually to fasting at all. He called us to a life of feasting. So during the sugar fast, I always say, what else? What else? I mean, maybe you're running to diet Dr. Pepper. Maybe you're running to coffee. Maybe you're running to romance novels. Maybe you're running to your phone. Mm -hmm. So what else is it? So during the sugar fast, because Christ never called us to a fast, he called us to a feast. What else is getting in the way of living a feasting life on him mm-hmm. and over and over, you know, I just hear everyone say, um, oh. it's my phone. It's my phone. It's my screens. It's, it's Netflix. It's, uh, you know, re- reading through, um, my online news sources. 
And I say, if, the, if, if reading the online news is getting you, uh, getting in the way of, of opening up the good news and feasting on the good news, then the news isn't good for you right now. And if playing games, you know, words with friends is what's taking up your life, but you don't have any words left to share with Christ and spend time with him, then lay down words with friends. Um, and what else is there? If, if social media has stopped you from getting social with the Lord, lay down social media. Facebook is where your face is and it's stopping you from getting your face into the good book. Well, then lay down Facebook. If you are running after the approval of man, when God says over and over in his words, I've chosen you, I chose you so much that I chose to make you, I want to be in relationship with you. Yes, I know you deny me, but I sent my son to chase after you to bring you back into a right relationship. I'm all about relationship with you, but you're so busy having relationship with all these people that you actually don't even know or spend time with IRL in real life. And is it, Uh, yeah, is it even really relationship? Eh, Probably not to me again, right? Seek me first. All this other stuff will fall into its rightful place. So it was the, it was the sugar fast that the social media fast was born out of. So I think it was around maybe the fourth or fifth year that we did the sugar fast together. We do it in a community, in a Facebook group every January. And it is powerful. And I'll share some testimonies in just a moment because you asked me for that. Um, but we spend so much time together online afterwards. I was like, well, we need it. We need a social media fast. And so we just started doing them. And then during the process of that, I wrote a follow-up book so that you mm-hmm. could still be feasting with me on the word and applying it to our lives while we're fasting from social media. Mm, so wow. what are some of the testimonies? Um, well, for the sugar fast, it's everything from I'm hungry. I am finally hungry for the right things. I cannot get enough of God's word. I, it's applicable to my life for the first time because I, I learned to apply it to my life. And, and I, I, I want time with Jesus and I love listening to worship music and I'm opening it with my kids. Um, mm-hmm. I've just developed a, a hunger and a thirst for his word. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's lots of those, um, you know, those testimonies where it's two sides of the same coin. I'm seeking him and it's changing my life this way. I'm not seeking the wrong things and it's changing my life this way, you know? So yes, clothes fit, but goodness, the spirit of God fits in me too. And it fits good. It feels Mm. good. So I feel good in my body, but I feel better in my spirit. Um, And then I I get a lot of, because we kind of started it with this. I get a lot of messages from moms for both the sugar fast and the social media fast. For the sugar fast, Wendy, they wanna say, I am calmer, Mm. I'm kinder, I'm not all jacked up on Mountain Dew. (laughs) I am even more Christ-like, I'm more consistent, Mm. Um, I'm less triggered because I'm not up and down and all around because of the caffeine and the sugar and everything Mm -hmm. I'm running to. I get a lot of testimonies from moms. I'm not sneaking in alcohol, you know, when my kids aren't, you know, around in the afternoons. Um, It's changing my life. It's changing my marriage. But likewise, from the moms, I hear, um, Wendy, now that my phone's down, I am with my kids. My kids see my face more than they used to because it's not covered with my phone. And, um, And I have this one testimony I love so much that she said, I'm enjoying them more. And I I wrote back to her, gosh, I remember it so clearly. I said, is it possible you're enjoying them more? 
not just because you're not distracted, but because they're more enjoyable, because you're not distracted, because they're not, you're not distracted. They don't have to get your attention. And our kids have learned to get our attention because even negative attention is attention. And so maybe their behavior is even better because they don't have to get your attention. Yeah. Is that possible that this has the power to change so many aspects of our lives? Yes. First communing with the Lord, but also the ripple effect of how our lives are transformed with the fruit of the spirit and then how that affects our family and how it affects our neighborhood and how it affects the world. Yeah, absolutely. Well, as we begin to close out here, I just want to ask if you think back to before you ever started fasting to now, it's been several years from you. How would you say personally that it's impacted you? Yeah, that's such a great question. I have developed a hunger, a deeper hunger for intimacy with Christ, Mm. for his word. His word has come alive because I'm not distracted running to the next thing that I think is going to fill me up. Yeah. Um, And then in a, in a daily application, I do, I do something that I introduce as an idea in the, at the end of the book, the 40 day sugar fast. So spoiler alert, I say, what would it look like to live a fasting life. And then if you want to have sweet treats, if you want to pick up your phone, I mean, this can apply to really anything you're laying down, then you fast from a fasting life. Mm. So if I say, I don't walk around with my phone all day long, I don't do it. But during these hours, instead of saying, I'm going to fast from my phone, because that's something I remember my husband and I at the beginning when we had phones said, let's lay them down for these two hours between dinner and getting the kids down for the night. But what if I laid my phone down for the day, but I picked it up for specific times? Mm, That's a good application. What if instead of getting to the point where I'm going to spend my life fasting from sugar, I mean, sorry feasting on sugar. And instead of choosing that short time where I'm going to fast from sugar, what if I just didn't eat sugar, but for the holidays, if I'm getting together and we're having a feast as a family and someone brings chocolate pecan pie, I'm going to have a piece of chocolate pecan pie. And if I'm going out for a friend's birthday and, uh, you know, someone wants to, to share the, the brownie, you know, Sunday, well then I can have a bite or two of that. And so within moderation, I can do these things. I can fast from my way of living, which is sugar-free or mostly screen-free. So that's one application also. But during the time of fasting and feasting on God's word, I develop a, a hunger and a thirst for him mm-hmm. that has changed my life more than any anything else. Mm-hmm. And then there are mornings I wake up and I'm hurting uh, emotionally and I'm struggling with what's going on in the world or what's going on with my own children. And I'll just, I, I sense the Lord inviting me fast today. Let yourself actually get hungry, Wendy. Maybe you want to fast from coffee. Maybe you want to fast from sugar. Maybe it's, it's, it's your phone that you're turning to with too much frequency. And I want mm. you to use that as a reminder to turn to me. But maybe it's just a good old traditional, don't eat. Let those hunger pangs ring like church bells calling you to me. Mm. And so there are so many ways. So I want to invite you to fast. Yeah. I want to invite you to join me in January if you'd like to do that. Um, or, or put that out on social media to your friends or send a text to your sister and say, I need to fast from sugar or I need to fast from social media. Would you do it with me? And you will be blown away mm. that you're not the only one 
who runs from sugar high to sugar high instead of running to the most high. Mm. Well, so for those who might want to connect with you or who maybe do uh, want to do the January fast, where can they connect with you, find um, the Facebook group? Sure. I go to the website, 40daysugarfast.com. And it's the number 4040daysugarfast.com. And uh, you can sign up for it and you'll be invited into the uh, the Facebook group. Also, there are so many free resources. There are links to buy the book. Well, thank you so much, Wendy. Um, I really appreciate your time and the way that you encourage us to really draw near to the Lord. Absolutely. Thanks for having me as the guest. As this four-part series concludes, I hope the Lord has used these conversations to encourage you toward cultivating spiritual practices, not out of guilt or striving, but out of a desire to meet with Him, to commune with Him, to know Him. Friends, have a blessed week, and I'll meet you back here next Tuesday. Thank you for listening to the Grace Enough Podcast. Tune in next time.